Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is the Kingsman to my statesman, Matt Hudson from what I watch tonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good, my friend. As usual, I am in awe to be on the same broadcast as Jonathan Burke, so it's always a pleasure, my friend. Um, I've got my Spider-Man No Way Home ticket uh, the other day. My Yes, it crashed in the United States. I'll tell you something, every cinema chain, their website an app crashed in the uk too it took me over an hour at about one in the morning to get one ticket for um spider-man no way home which of course drops a few days early in the united kingdom so i'm not going to be able to talk to john about it for even longer but uh that was exciting i've got a an extremely green looking drink in front of me it's got guava kiwi and other apparently necessary vitamins in it so i'm um Flying the flag for health at the minute. I'm doing well, trying to dodge the new COVID variant, which is running rampant in this part of the world. However, I'm doing well. That's the main thing. More importantly, though, how are you? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? I am. Uh, you know, I did not buy my Spider-Man ticket yet because my theater generally does not sell out. So I was like, I I went to get it and it mm-hmm. didn't like it wouldn't load for a minute. As you said, things crashed and then it did load. And I'm like, there's no, I'm good. There's not it's not going to be sold out at my theater. Um, I, a lot of people don't even know our theater is reopened and it's been open for six, seven months and people still don't like, they're like, Oh, the movie theater is open. I'm like, yes, it has been open. Um, yes, sir. But, uh, so I, I am, I'm definitely going to see it, um, that weekend. I just, I'm like, I don't know if I need to, to pre-order it. Um, I'm kind of, it's more like I'm apprehensive to commit to a time already. Cause I don't know if the time yeah. will like pan out. Um, just because my my weekends are not always mine. Like sometimes I'm committed to like doing like I, I wanted to see House of Gucci on Saturday. I didn't get to see it till Sunday, um, and I'm worried if I buy a ticket that I mean I could always cancel it, but I don't know. Um, I'm being weird about it for some reason. I, I I am excited about it. I am less excited than some people. Uh, we'll talk about that. I'm sure during the news section. I just yes, sir. Um, the thing that people are most anticipating, I am most dreading. So it's like, <laughs> I uh, wonder what it could be. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I don't need that in this. I, I like, see, I think that's where you and I differ though. I love the previous two Spider-Man movies um, with Tom Holland. Um, They're among my favorite okay. MCU films. Yeah. I, so I like them, but the, my biggest drawback is because they, they are in the MCU. The other, the Raimi ones and the Garfield ones, and uh, for me, they just function so well because they're their own little entity. So Homecoming and Far From Home ties into the MCU wonderfully. Tom Holland's great. But it's certainly in the first one, Homecoming, when it's just, you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark's there, and it's it's just too much for me. I just I just want Spider-Man in New York being a kid fighting bad guys. That's it. I don't want any other connections. But this is where we are. See, I, don't, I, I don't like that they have to cater to the connections, I guess, but I do mm-hmm. like the connections. Yeah. Um, and this one's obviously super catering to the connections, but uh, or at least it looks to be. Um, but yeah, um, I, I like, I don't, I have not watched the same Raimi ones in some time. Um, yep. I, I'm not drawn to them though. I do not feel the desire to rewatch uh, them. The best um, ones, but I know what you mean. Yeah. No. Um, and then <laughs> I, I, I saw the first amazing Spider-Man a couple of times. Uh, I did not even bother to buy the second one until I found it like on super sale. And I only bought it out of necessity to own it, but I did see it in the theater. Um, and I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Like I didn't have Mm -hmm. any major issues with him. Um, the movies aren't great. Uh, yeah, you know, and there is some cool scenes. The, the scene 
where they're fighting in the school and Stan Lee has uh, the, the headset on and he's cleaning and like everything's mm. happening. That's a really cool scene and yep. a good Stan Lee cameo. Him and Lizard, um, yes, right. But yeah, we're not here to talk about Spider-Man yet. We will be back in a couple of weeks to talk about Spider-Man mm-hmm. No Way Home. Here tonight, we're talking about a more important family, a family of fashion. We're here to talk Ridley Scott's House of Gucci. Um, and everything in this movie is, let's say, not Gucci. Uh, it's written <laughs> by Becky Johnson, Roberto, oh boy, uh, Bentavigna, Vegna, Vegna, it's probably Vegna. Bentavigna, that's it. And then uh, Sarah Gay Forden is the book's author. Uh, the movie stars Lady Gaga, Woo-hoo. Adam Driver, uh, Al Pacino. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm doing that on purpose. It's Al Pacino. We all know these people. These are like super famous people. That's why I'm making fun of their names. Um, Jeremy Irons, Jared Leto, and or Leto, or please get him out of our movies, and Selma Hayek. Um, IMDb synopsis says, and let's see how bad this synopsis is, when Patrizia Reggiano, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. Dun, dun, dun. Last I checked, which was a few days ago, this had a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 59 Metascore, a 7.0 IMDb user score, and a 3.2 on Letterboxd. Um, it's currently only available to see in theaters. Uh, I had a cool experience because I went to my local theater at 11.50 on a Sunday. Nice. Um, our mall, which the theater is within, doesn't open until noon. And so I was freaking out because the doors were locked. Even though the movie <laughs> was supposed to start at 11.50, it was 11.45, the doors were still locked. They finally opened the doors to the mall at 11.48. I walk up to the theater. The theater's still locked. I'm like, what is going on? You have a movie starting in two minutes. Why am I not allowed in the theater? Oh, what have you done? Um, they finally let me in. I'm the first one to walk through the doors. There's a few people behind me. I get my ticket. I get a drink. I go into my theater. It's in one of the largest auditoriums that my theater has. I am alone for the entire three hours of this movie, two and a half hour movie, 20 minutes of trailers, which is my theater's normal runtime. So I'm there for three hours, completely alone. That's quite cool as well. I'm envious of you for that. Yeah. in COVID times, especially right. People pay money to have a theater to themselves. (laughs) I got it for a free, free ticket because I have uh, the unlimited pass. Um, so I was very like, cool. I can kind of do like, I can chill or whatever. I really was looking forward to this movie. I I've liked Ridley Scott's uh, last couple of films. I love last duel despite mm-hmm. its yeah, troubling yeah. subject matter. Um, I thought Lady Gaga was great in, uh, um, a star is born star is born. I don't, I keep like trying to go begin again for some reason. My brain's like, that's not the right movie. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but I can't remember the other title. Um, <laughs> star is born with Bradley Cooper. I thought she was really good in it. Uh, I've love Adam driver consistently. And he's, he's become one of my favorite actors. I, I feel very confident if he's in something, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Al Pacino, I thought comes out pretty hard in this movie. I think it's, it's, it feels like old Pacino and like in a good way, like he, he hams it up, let's say in certain parts, yeah, certain parts. But I, I, I feel like there's another factor in that. Um, I always, I tend to like Jeremy Irons. <laughs> I think he's got a small role, but a, a good role when he's yeah. here. Sure, agreed. And then there's Jared Leto, folks. Um, I, I, I was an early fan of his. Um, I like him in Fight Club. Um, I, I saw 30 Seconds to Mars, not knowing he was the singer of that band. When I saw them, they were opening for Chevelle. I had mm-hmm. tickets to see Chevelle. 
there's 30 seconds to Mars. I'm like, hey, that's the guy from from Fight Club. Um, and turns out, hey, he's, he ends up becoming, he wins an Oscar not long after that, Dallas Buyers Club. Thought he was, what I remember of that movie, I thought he was good in it. I don't yeah. remember much anymore. It's been a long time since I watched it. He won the Oscar for, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and then I've liked him in a few things. Uh, over the last couple of years, I've I've kind of grown tired of him. Um, <laughs> is that his acting or his antics? Both, both. Yeah. the The guy has some weird stuff. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with him, you should Google him. He's got like a cult. Oh, uh, there's weird. an yeah. island that people pay money to go to. It's, it's thirty seconds to Mars related, but it's still like it's a Jared Leto kind of cult. He walks around in robes and like he's like Jesus. It's oh. a whole thing. Um. And when COVID happened, he came out of like the mountains and was like, he didn't know what was happening. That was like his whole social media is like, what's going on? Like, that just seems weird. Like the dude's questionable at best. And you don't know how much of what he's doing is like self parody or if it's like legit. And that makes it all the more concerning. Um, his role in this is, is insane. Like he does, this is not, I wish this was my original thought. It's not, but apparently he thought this was the super Mario brothers movie. Um, there is a quote uh, I will find, um, I think, hold on, I think Big Tuna sent it to me. See, I uh, hadn't heard the Super Mario comment or quote, and I remember sending it to you on, on WhatsApp, but I'm, I am not surprised that the rest of the world picked up on it as well. Yeah, and even like even if you were the first person who said it, you still said it before I did, so I don't want to take credit for that comment, is what I'm saying. Like, Regardless of who said it first, it's not me. And so I'm, I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> Someone else pointed out, and the, the, when he's Papa, that is the most Mario sounding Italian oh, accent I could muster. Chris and Pratt probably had a little twitch then, like, oh no, he's coming for my role. So this is Jared Leto in an interview from Vice, uh, Vice magazine. This is mm-hmm. his words from, this is from the article. Um, I did it all. I was snorting lines of Ariabata, I don't know how to say that word, Ariabata sauce in the middle of this movie. I had olive oil for blood. This was a deep dive I did. If you took a biopsy of my skin, it would come back as Parmesan cheese. This is my love letter to Italy. There was a lot of work and preparation. And yes, I had an Italian accent and I enjoyed and embraced that and lived in that space as much as I could. And for as long as I possibly could, I climbed into it, into that creative cave and came out through the bowels and intestines into the esophagus of the one and only Paolo Gucci. Right. The first part of that I thought was funny when I first read it. You know, he's been snorting Ariabata sauce and um, he's got olive oil for blood and all that. And I thought, yeah, good fuck. Okay, fun. He's he's playing up to it. And then it just descended into just oddity, odd, even just just odd for Leto. But if you, if you don't know who's saying it, yes, that's possible to be those things. But when you have the context of his career, the, you know the stories about him as Joker and the, the David Ayer method acting. Uh, yeah. Um, not the David, that's unfair. The David Ayer Suicide Squad, but the method acting Jared Leto did. David Ayer, to my knowledge, did not in- require Jared Leto no. to do any of those things. Or um, the other actors. Or the other actors. And, uh, you know, you have the context of the 30 Seconds to Mars stuff. This is a, this is, doesn't feel like a joke at all, unless his whole career is a joke. In yes. which case, he might deserve Best Actor simply for his ability to pull the wool over all of our eyes um, in some way or another. Because either he's getting work that he shouldn't be getting because he's not proven to be a good actor, or he is such a good actor that his whole career is fake. And that reminds me of that John Malkovich story I sent you this morning um, from Matt Damon, where it's like he pretends blah, blah, blah. Like his performance in this is crazy. Now, to be fair, I knew nothing 
about the Gucci legacy outside mm-hmm. of the brand Gucci. Like I didn't know I I was alive when uh, it did say in the synopsis there's a murder here, guys. It's a true story. So like it's not technically a spoiler, but there is a murder. I won't say who's murdered, but I didn't. I don't remember that. I feel like mm-hmm. that should have been like news that I would have heard about in high school, and I don't remember it at all. Not to say it didn't make the news, but it wasn't like when Tupac died. I remember hearing about that. When yeah. um, Biggie was assassinated, I remember hearing about that. And when I, Tupac was also assassinated. Sorry, I didn't mean to downplay that. Um, I remember those assassinations. I don't remember the Gucci one. Um, I remember the Tanya Harding story, like long yeah. before I, Tanya came out. Like, I remember that, like it was a big deal. Cause my family loved, like my, my grandparents love figure skating. So like, it was a mm-hmm. huge deal in Tanya, Tanya Harding. I don't remember the Gucci murder at all. And I, especially, I remember the Lorena Bobbitt story, like those stories from my childhood, very prominent in my memory, nothing about the Gucci one. Um, so it's a little shocking to me. And so I was excited to see this movie. I was like, this is going to be interesting. Lady Gaga, the, the trailers look really compelling. Um, I was so bored <laughs> through this movie. I, I, I don't know what, what's going on with the decision-making for the storytelling. Obviously, I have some issues with like the whole Jared Leto, Al Pacino. Those two characters feel... I don't know if they're accurate portrayals or not. It's hard to know. It feels like caricatures, though, especially Jared Leto's character. Because his character feels like it is out of left field and he is depicted to be kind of the black sheep of the Gucci family. Yep. So it's hard to tell if he's like doing a great job or if he's doing what he thinks is a great job. It feels like the latter, but to be fair to him, I don't know. Cause I don't know anything about the, 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 the actual person that he's playing. Um, all of the Selma Hayek stuff feels super fabricated. Again, I'm guessing it's true, but it feels really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought driver was solid as always. I thought Lady Gaga does a pretty good job. Some of the things she's asked to say, like the the trailer line of Father, Son, and House of Gucci, feels so f- just stupid and generic. Like it's it's such a bad written movie line that they think, and it it might work for some. It, to me, it felt so bad. Um, <laughs> I, I um, Big Tuna has had get, Big Tuna really is down on this movie and. Um, Listeners, if you haven't heard me mention Big Tuna many times, he's one of my graduates. He's a very successful critic at this point um, in his own right. Disappointment Media, highly recommend checking out his stuff. Um, he did kind of give me some thoughts that I don't fully see the the issues with the editing that he had re- referenced. I do think it's a little erratic at times, and I don't think that it's... I think it could be shorter, because I, I feel like a lot of the movie doesn't really add up. Mm-hmm. And my biggest complaint is if you were to compare this to a movie like I, Tanya, I, Tanya feels like it knows it's a satire. I think one could argue that maybe that movie's punching down a little bit at, at uh, Tanya Harding and mm-hmm. her husband, but it knows it's a satire. It's going for comedy. This movie feels like it's not sure. Like there are sequences that feel satirical. Um, there is a sex scene in this movie that is pretty wild and like, a little like it feels silly and then there's some really like serious dramatic stuff and then again there's these weird awkward like silly moments and it's like well, are we making fun of this or are we not making fun i can't tell what's going on and that felt r- rough um the look of the camera work in this movie isn't great there's like weird scenes that feel desaturated almost um they look kind of muddy like there was vaseline on the lens i don't know mm-hmm. 
it's something, those are things I don't often notice and really stood out to me with this. I, I don't know, man. I was really hopeful for this movie and was so ready for it to be over when I was watching it. Um, yeah, I didn't love it. Uh, what were your thoughts, Matt? How did you feel about House of Gachi? I meant Gucci. House of the Gachi. Well, on um, Jared Leto's performance, uh, just like you, well, I don't know if I, I'm not going to uh, put these words in your mouth, but just like me, I, I hated his performance. Gee, yeah. I did. And it's nothing to do with Jared Leto. I don't care. Obviously, him portraying that character was going to bring a certain sense of oddness to it, but I just did not like it whatsoever. The film was being called camp and cheesy and all these other uh, buzzwords. I attribute a lot of that to Jared Leto and also mm-hmm. some of the kind of era appropriate music they use, which kind of made it feel a bit t- t- trashy at times. But, um, but on his performance, um, Tom Ford, who was, um, who worked for Gucci for 15 mm-hmm. years, almost between the nineties and the noughties. He had this to say about Jared Leto's performance. So this guy oh. was in, with Gucci, yeah. he knew uh, Paolo, and he said, this is Tom Ford's words verbatim, he said, Paolo, whom I met on several occasions, was indeed eccentric and did some wacky things, but his overall demeanour was certainly not like the crazed and seemingly mentally challenged character of Leto's performance. Um, and he said that Leto's acting was literally buried under latex prosthetics as well. So uh, Tom Ford, a man who will know more than most you know about Paolo Leto has come out and said I don't know what the hell Jared Leto was doing but that wasn't the guy I knew so this was Leto I don't know what he was doing you know just going over the top OTT um, adding R to the end of every word chocolate R and oh, papa R um, Gucci R it's like oh damn you literally he's literally one step away from plumbing that was he was that much to being a Mario uh, Leto less said about him the better because he generally was um, bloody or full in this, and it's nothing to do with Jared Leto and him being odd. He generally wasn't good in this. Um, as for the film, though, I'm on the other side. I, I had a good time with it. I was entertained oh. by it for the for the most part. I found it pretty. I found the kind of soap opera madness to be quite engaging. I agree, it's too long. It's a Ridley Scott film. They usually are too long, but when he gets it right, you don't notice the runtime. There were issues with the runtime, and I had a. And it, I did have the feeling throughout that. Ridley just couldn't quite decide what Tony wanted to go for, so he just yes. went for all of them. And um, yeah, I think we see similar on that. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it's I can see that it was it was tonally odd. You know, I mean, this you know Gucci in itself is this extravagant um, and extravagant label, and it's got a bizarre history. And I think uh, Ridley Scott pretty much tried to channel that extravagance and bizarreness into the film, but it, it needed a more focused. Um, touch from the director i think because i think it worked really well as a kind of cloak and dagger deceit story and um the machinations that were going on behind the scenes behind the smiles and behind the eyes i've really into that then but then it starts then it goes a bit daft at points and it does derail it for me but i did for the most part have a good time with this film um last jewel was a better film but um i I, I did start my review off with the word sordid. It's filthy. It's controversial. It's criminal. And that is just the accents that everyone uses. Not None of the accents particularly come off as great. Adam Driver tries his hardest. Uh, Lady Gaga tries her, her hardest. But the, the accents were 
they were debatable throughout, which is similar to the last two. I thought Lady Gar, I thought Lady Gargoyle was great. I thought she was delicious as the villain. Genuinely, I think she you know that she she had a seductive air to her. She had the death stare. Adam Driver was Adam Driver, self-effacing in the film. Great, like you said. If I see Adam Driver's name on the cast list, firstly I'm in, and secondly, even if the film's not good, you know that that guy's going to bring it, which he always does. Uh, so those two, I think, were great. I think Lady Gaga was was really very good in this. Um, mm. And uh, I think the editing, I don't think it was that bad. I've mentioned it as well. There's certain scenes which I think were helped by the editing, and I think she's having a bit of fun as well. There's that sex scene you mentioned, the way it transitions into something else. I thought that was really well done. Um, when the, the, the scene that follows, I think they transition certain moments very well. So I actually think the editing helps this film for um for the most part but um it's not a bad film it's got plenty of flaws but for me i think lady gaga's like you know unashamedly big performance works i think all of the the, like we said the the deceit everything in the synopsis for me i really really enjoyed i just wish it could have been more focused i wish they had gone for an actual crime drama rather than a crime drama send-up as it was at Mm. certain times and you know there's a lot of winking to the audience throughout well i did know the story of the um what this film's about again we'll give our spoiler review on monday but so for those who don't know let's say but i wasn't aware of it at the time but i've come to know it because youtube basically you go down the youtube um hole a couple of years ago and i was like oh wow that's a strange story let's let's listen to that and let's wikipedia it's like oh damn that's that's pretty dark uh so that uh, so that with that hanging over it i think that adds a kind of a layer of dread and um uh, a bit um, i don't, don't want to say um what's that word called when you're hurtling towards something momentum it kind of for me it gave it a bit of momentum because i knew what what it was leading up to so every decision that certain characters made I'm sick. as an audience member you kind of like oh, i can see no i can see where this is going oh okay um enjoyed this film i think patricia and lady gaga was very good i think adam driver was very good neither nobody's really painted as a saint in this film which is what i like as well um like adam driver he's not his character he isn't the kind of squeaky clean self-effacing dude who doesn't want to take up the business he's got his issues too as we find out um but i think for a uh for what ridley scott wanted to do i think it's mostly successful for me i would have liked it to be played a bit more straight and i but i do think uh, I'm going to ask you. We we said this last year, and I'm going to say it again this year. We're getting these kind of films coming out now, um, dude. So we're looking at the Academy Awards, my friend. Are you looking at any nominations for this? Because I think Lady Gaga will get nominated. Uh, I think poten- potentially like costume design, maybe. But what are you thinking? Yeah, do you reckon this I is up there think, for any? I think costume design is a lock. Um, mm-hmm. Not having any real taste in that area at all, mind you. I just like um, it's hard to like look at the the Gucci stuff and be like, "Well, you'd look good in those look. suits, my friend." Um, yes, uh, surely, but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lady Gaga gets another nomination. Um, at the same time, I, I don't, I don't know that it's the top five. I, I can't. I'm having a hard time keeping track of everything from this year because mm-hmm. of the nature of the year. But I don't. Yeah. I don't know if she's top five I and mean, we're still approaching Oscar season. So we're still going to get a lot of other movies dropping here in the next couple of yeah. weeks. Um, 
none that are really popping into my brain right now, but I know we're getting some, uh, West side stories coming out, big man. That's going to be, that's going to get yes. some below the line noms for definite. Um, for sure. But I don't think, I don't know if the lead's going to get, uh, an acting. On yeah. You've got things like, um, don't look up. You've got the tragedy of Macbeth or whatever, Francis McDormand. So she's potentially another lot, nom right? there. Yeah. Um, I, I would, uh, Judy Dench, um, from belfast i think is uh, but um, she'd be supporting and out uh, for mass as well i've ooh, heard i, I just things. got a screener for mass i have not watched yeah, I need it to yet check but... that out, my friend i think my i think it comes out here early next year i think and i'm very much looking forward to seeing that and has been a a definite great performance um yeah i i'd love to see, i don't think it will but i'd love to see alicia vikander for uh, green knight but again i think that would probably fall in more into supporting <laughs> um, uh yeah i think it would um just because she's barely on screen um I would love to see Kristen Stewart for, for Spencer. I think that's probably not going to be a lock for everybody, but I liked her in that. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, if, if you know, just cause the movie to me doesn't feel that great. I, I, without getting into spoilers, I feel like there's a lot that could have been better focused on in the actual, like what the story really should be about. And it feels like it kind of gets lost at times to the, yeah. some of the, there's a lot of like stuff with Jared Leto's character and Al Pacino's character that I feel like ancillary and not necessary to the big picture. I of- think we're on the same wavelength for them, kind of on that sense of what we think the film probably should have been. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, and I think that's where I was maybe a little less forgiving about that than you. And um, it doesn't usually happen. I, it, yeah, not often, but I, you know, sometimes, and I, I can't help but wonder if my, uh, attitude towards ridley's uh anti-superhero movie <laughs> is playing a factor i i love last duel but that was just before he started talking trash so True. maybe i went in a little negative i don't think so i didn't feel like when i walked in i was excited um i was like cool i can't wait to see this and i'm like i knew it didn't work for big tuna already but i was really hopeful that it would still work for me because again tuna and i don't see eye to eye on every movie um but this time it, i was more aligned with his perspective on it um I, I don't. I think he's still much harsher on it than I, because I, 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 I have issues with it, and I didn't really enjoy it. But I also, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's one of the worst movies of the year. I just, man, I was really done with it. Um, Whoa! Is and, is is every comic book film that's released this year? Is it? Are they better than House of Gucci? Can can you stick it to the man? I think so. Uh, to be the ones that I can, I know for certain are comic book movies. I'm even. I even think I enjoyed the Snyder cut more than this. Uh, wow. And I, I was not, I was against the Snyder cut. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't one of the people advocating for it. So Venom. Um, oh, okay. No. Yeah. Venom sucks. I don't like Venom. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. Yes. But all the MCU movies like Shang-Chi way over this Eternals. Oh. While I don't think Eternals is great. No. I think Eternals is better than this. I had more fun watching Eternals than I had. And again, the fun isn't the right comparison because I don't think House of Gucci is trying to be fun. Although there are moments where it feels like they're trying to be fun, um, including that sex scene that's really wild. Uh, There was a weird sound effect on the sex scene that really threw me off. (laughs) That made it seem silly. Do you care to make it for our audience? I don't remember what it was. I can't. (laughs) I just remember thinking like, this is weird. Like this whole scene is weird, and it's there's no nudity in it. Like it's uh, not like it's no. not a graphic sex scene. It's it's graphic in that it's very clear they're having sex. Um, if the camera perspective is weird, like the camera's moving with them, like it's a weird. It is scene. strangely done. Adam Driver is very strong as well. He's very forceful. Uh, yeah, he's, yes, he's a, he's a man. <laughs> Jesus, I suppose you could call him. 
Damn. You want to call him Jesus? <laughs> yeah, he is. G- Adam Driver is the next coming of Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, we should move on from that with no context, so everyone's <laughs> yes. just confused. Oh, yeah, oh. exactly. I I thought this film was. I, I it's funny. I mean, I I must have had it been in a good mood because I I saw the flaws, but I enjoyed it. Not the flaws. I enjoyed the film. Whereas I think I think you see, you saw the flaws, and like you say, you weren't quite as forgiving. Um, nope. But I, I thought it was. It's not a bad film. It's got plenty of flaws, but I think Gaga saves the film. And the moments where the film was at its best, I think where we're on the same wavelength. If we got more of that, it would have been even, even, even better. I, I still think it was way too long too. I think two hours and 30 minutes uh, didn't feel like the story that we got. I don't feel like it's net, like there's stuff we could have cut out. You could take I, 20 it, minutes off maybe as much as, much as that. Yeah, and again, I'm not opposed to a long movie if it feels essential. But when it feels like, why is the scene in the movie? Then I'm like, why is this two hours and thirty minutes? Like, let's totally agree. Um, all right, folks, that's our take. Matt's kinder to it than I. Um, we'd love to hear your <laughs> thoughts. So at the end of this, we'll say our social medias. Tell us what you thought of House of Gucci. Did Ridley get it right or get it wrong? Seems to be split down the middle with critics uh, so far. Um, and I, I do think some of those audience scores are maybe too much infatuation with Gaga because she is take that back good in this and uh, <laughs> yeah, and her costumes are fantastic. So um, let's get to the next segment of the show where we look at soft headlines, movie, pop culture news that caught our attention. Um, what a shock, Matt! What is yours about this week? Well, I actually had a few I was going to go for, but bro, it, it's if we're talking about things that caught our attention. And mine is a web-slinging subject. Is Spider-Man. Tom Holland has re- responded to the very recent uh, comments from Amy Pascal, the head of Sony. Uh, I believe she's the um, kind of feige over at Sony. Um, where she's insisted that Spider-Man No Way Home will not be the last Spider-Man movie. Uh, for those who don't know, this is what she said. Um, she's talking about Sony and uh, what they're doing over there. She said, we're getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. She explained before revealing that the mystery new project will be a trilogy. Now we're going on to the next three, she said, but they're not part of, she stopped herself. And she said, this is not our last, this is not the last of our MCU movies. But this comes after uh, Tom Holland had said, no way home will mark the end of the franchise in a way. That's the, the franchise that started in, um homecoming and he also said recently that if i'm still playing spider-man when i'm 30 then i've done something wrong that's five years time amy pascal's now saying well sorry bro we've got this film coming out in the mcu then we've got three more coming out which aren't a part of oh no whoops which uh um won't be the last marvel film so i think we're going to be getting uh, uh, spider-man is going to be being pulled over to sony and may and pop in and out of the mcu every now and then but uh tom holland though was being uh, quizzed about this because, you know, this is his life now. This is only ever going to be asked about Spider-Man. He responded to the rumours on a French TV show called Quotidian when he said that there's some very, very exciting things being discussed behind the scenes. He did try and swerve it, but eventually said, listen, all I'll say is we have some very, very exciting things to be talking about he then said, I don't know what those things are or what they will transpire to be, but it looks like it's an incredibly bright future ahead. As I said before, Spider-Man will forever live in me. So No Way Home comes out in two weeks time. Amy Pascal saying that's good. We're doing that. But then we've got three more to come. 
what she doesn't say in this co- comment, unless I'm really, really misreading it, she doesn't say Tom Holland is in those three. She says we're we're doing the next one with Tom Holland and Marvel, and then we're going to move on to the next three. She then says so. She doesn't actually say with Tom Holland, but that's which is interesting. But Tom Holland hasn't denied that he's in those films. But um, JB, we're getting three new Spider Man films, Spider Man films. Sorry, um, potentially in the Sony Venom verse. I um, I've just said up top that I quite like. Well, I like the Ra- Raimi ones. I like the Garfield ones, and I like the Holland ones. But I like the first two iterations because they feel a little bit less a little bit detached from a wider story. If Spidey's going over to Sony, then they will have interconnecting threads with Venom and uh, Morbius, I guess, and any other films they've got coming out. But I, I wanted to hear what you thought about it. I think, I think it's quite uh, interesting. The idea that Tom Holland, Spider-Man could potentially flip from the MCU to the Sony verse, you know, back and forward. I think that's quite an interesting um, predicament to find himself in. Cause we'll, the events of the Sony verse have any impact on his character in the MCU? Uh, how are they going to, um, uh, how are they going to explain Spider-Man's disappearance from the MCU? I mean, is he going to get lost in a multiverse? Is he just going to give up the mask? It's very interesting, but, um, we're getting three more. What are your thoughts about this? And Tom Holland has, you know, he hasn't, he said it's exciting, but then said, I don't know what there is to be excited about, but I'm sure it'll be good. So are we going to see Tom Holland in those films, my friend? And are you surprised or excited to hear that we're get, definitely getting three more? I mean, I, I I can't imagine there ever not being a Spider-Man movie. It's the same as with Batman. Like, you're going to constantly... It's the big moneymaker. For a long time, Spider-Man was the number one selling comic book, like, mm-hmm. all of the 90s until the, uh, the debacle of the clone saga and Spawn took over for a little <laughs> bit there. Um, but... Uh, Spider-Man is the staple Marvel character. He's most people's favorite Marvel character. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite. Um, In mine easily too. an easy equivalent to, uh, to, to Batman. Really. I, I often cite Batman. I think there's something about the darker broodiness of Batman always appealed to me back in the day, but I would say Spider-Man has been a constant. Like I've always loved the character. So I'm definitely excited for more movies. Um, I, I do think it's going to be Tom Holland. I, I, the articles, it's definitely people are taking her, her quote and running with it in different directions. Mm-hmm. Some people are, are taking it. Tom Holland's confirmed. Others seem to be like, uh, we're not sure what she's saying. Um, either way, I can't imagine, like, he seems so excited to get to do this. Like when he, do you remember like the casting stuff that came out? Like him and Bernthal were both like, like working for each other, like pushing each other to get the MCU roles yep. as Bernthal as Punisher. Like there was all this cool stuff and he seemed so committed and I could understand being burnt out for sure. Mm-hmm. But same time, like he clearly loves the character. He's not just a guy who's acting in a, as a character. So yeah, he's not in it for the money first and foremost. I mean, no, but he's definitely getting the money. Oh, yeah. um, and that, that, that quote about, I don't want to be doing it around 30 could have easily been seen as a bargain, bargaining chip where. And honestly, oh, what I thought it was, yeah. I, yeah. I immediately thought it was just like, he's, he's in the contract negotiations. Um, you make the, you make them feel like you may not be interested. So they offer you a little more and then you're like, oh, all right, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> oh, I suppose so. I'll take an extra 10 million. Yeah. And I don't fault him for that, you know, cause you yeah. got, you got to get paid. Cause there have been stories of people who get underpaid for movies and you get screwed yes. out of their, they don't get the residual checks or they don't get I mean, the, they're willing to up the stakes and they, 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 they should have done that in the first place. So go for it. 
yeah, so I am, uh, I'm hopeful that he's going to do it. I'm hopeful that it will be good. Um, I, I don't, I think it'd be easy enough to exclude, like, we've had, I mean, Eternal is the big complaint a lot of people have with the overall story of the MCU. It's like, why weren't they around? And they tried to, like, write it in. But if, you know, we have people, like, question, well, if this happened, why didn't Iron Man show up? Or why didn't mm-hmm. Captain America, like, because they didn't. Like, that's, it's just part of it. Like, they can't always be in every scenario. So, sometimes movies are just not going to have Spider-Man, and it'll be all right. And maybe some of the Spider-Man movies will get what you're saying, that you liked is that they'll just be Spider-Man stories. And the little hints of that, like we get in homecoming when like, um, he's like fighting for like the Brooklyn people. He saves the bodega, like that stuff. That's some of my favorite parts of these movies. So I would like a New York city Spider-Man where he's just doing stuff in New York, just fighting his villain. It isn't all MCU big Mm -hmm. picture or like, cause Mysterio is a villain of Spider-Man's in the comics, but essentially he's an Iron Man villain who targets Spider-Man because of the connection to Tony Stark, you know, yeah. I, I would like a, a, like, cause that's what this movie so far, the villains that are showing up, they're showing up from outside the MCU. So they're not there because of what he did to, with the Avengers. He's there because he's they're after him because he's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I like that. And so I'd like to see that in the other movies. So I, I'm on board. Of course, I, I love the Tom Holland, Spider-Man. I, I want to keep seeing it. Um, yeah, I, I hope that we uh, get good movies because Sony has a not so good track record. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, and if we can get detached films, which lead to obviously people like Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield swinging back into the picture, like I know you're so excited for, then they're uh. great. Yeah, no, I am. The mo- that that's the main reason I'm excited for No Way Home. Not be- again. I don't mean to sound like I hate those Holland films because I really don't. Homecoming is decent. Far from Home is decent. Um, I don't dislike them whatsoever. But No Way Home is just, for, for some reason. I know we've got the multiverse and they've got a title in, but it just seems like well, let's let let's take that brilliant uh, finale that we got in Far from Home, that brilliant revelation, and let's like find the most. Re- unbelievable way of uh retcon not retcon but you know uh, reversing it sorry which i think a lot of people thought they were going to do with the multiverse but whilst doing that let's just throw every single person from spider-man's back catalog that aren't even in the mcu in as well it's just an absolutely bonkers over the top thing to do and i'm surprisingly here for it because look we've just had afterlife we both were so up on afterlife and for the for the nostalgia feels and all that bro if those two sling, swingers slingers come swinging in, and I <laughs> Swing, yeah, if those two swingers come, if those two slingers come swinging in, and I hear their respective themes, come on, I mean, just it's going to take me back to two thousand and whenever it two thousand and two, whatever it was, in the theater watching Spider Man and watching the Garfield one ten odd years ago. It's little moments like that, but that's the main reason why I'm excited for. Now that I know that this story is go, going in that direction, kind of, we think, sorry, based on the trailers, that they really are building it's not it's tom holland trying to get his identity back peter parker and some i'm now very excited if we don't get the the og back then i'm not going to cry my eyes out but the tantalizing tease of it all is is that's why i've got my tickets because i want to be there i don't want to see it like secondhand via someone filming it on their phone and putting it on twitter i want to be there my friend and i want to see mm-hmm. it um but you seem to have more reservations about you know going back to the world like that yeah, I, I am, you know, I love Into the Spider-Verse and I, I'm afraid that this movie is going to simply be like, hey, people like this, let's do it again. 
Yep. Um, Good point. And that, that worries me because that's, but I have no reason to think that because Kevin Feige has not done anything like that so far. Um, and if anything, phase four has shown that he's willing to really stretch the comfort zone of the Marvel fans. Right. So that could be a sign that this is going to go wild. It could also be a sign. Maybe this is the safe movie, right? Like Shang-Chi Eternals were big risks. This is the movie that they know is going to be what everybody wants. It's a good point. Um, and so those are concerns I have. Like, I, I just, I, I've loved homecoming and I, I, I really like far from home. I think it, it hasn't, I, like Homecoming, I rewatched a couple of times. I thought Michael Keaton as Vulture oh, was really Vulture. cool. Great, yeah. Um, and I, you know, the reveal of Vulture. I mean, come on. Yeah, like all of that was real cool. Yes, the when when and even the reveal, like when they meet, which I think is what you're talking about. That scene is so good. It's such a stressful scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. And I, I love that movie, and so I, I want this one to be great. I'm just afraid that. Um, I guess the other thing that bugs me too is that I like this one so much that I feel like bringing the others in is going to like heighten those arguments that it's not the best Spider-Man. And I understand no, that I not everyone thinks yet. it, but I like I feel like it's almost like oh he couldn't carry it, so they had to bring in the old ones. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't want it to mm. to diminish the legacy of Holland Spider-Man. There will always be those arguments, won't there? But I think I, I still think, though, despite Doc Ock, Electra, Blizzard, um, both Spideys, possibly not confirmed, but hey, they might as well be Sandman, uh, Green Goblin, everyone else. I still think there's going to be a laser focus on Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I still think this is going to be his film throughout it all, and I, I trust that. Um, uh, I can't think of the guy who's who's directed all three of these films, but. Um, Adam is Adam something who's the director uh, I can't remember but uh, I, I've got no doubt that he will be able to keep the focus on Tom Holland throughout John Watts the guy who did it but so we'll see and we'll see in a few weeks time my friend if we get those big surprises I hope that's just a cherry on top of the ice and on top of the cake that is Tom Holland's performance yeah um, let's, I guess, wait and see. Time will tell. It's not that long. We don't have to wait much longer, but. No, sir. What's your story, um, my friend? Uh, this one caught my eye. Um, Adam McKay has the new movie coming out. Um, right. He's directing the, the, the No Way Up or whatever, right? The. Don't look up. Don't look up. Sorry. I can't. Yeah. That title is not. Star studded. Yes. Yeah, super star studded. Right. And McKay's had some up and down, uh, opinions over the last couple of years. People, some people really like McKay's stuff. Some people have been kind of very critical of McKay stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of his collaborations with Will Ferrell back in the day. That's it's one of the things that always shocks me when I look at his filmography. Um, because like you, you think you look at his early and you're like, Anchorman. I love that movie. I laughed at the movie so hard. Step brothers. Oh man. Movie cracks me up. The <laughs> other guys, big, big fan. Talladega nights. What a dumb premise, but yet it's so, so make. funny. And then you're like the big short, I like that movie, but that's out of nowhere, right? Like, that doesn't feel like any... Like, his other movies don't have, like, political commentary. And then Vice, right? Like, Vice is that real, like, contentious one where a lot of people don't understand why he did that movie. So, I've liked McKay for the most part. And a lot of those movies I listed, he's collaborated with Will Ferrell. They were partners, and um, they had a split a couple years ago. And I didn't realize that not only was there a split, but I guess McKay cast... Will Ferrell in a uh, TV series that's upcoming about the Yankees. I think mm-hmm. it's the Yankees. Um, and then Lakers, I think 
Uh, I'm sorry. Correct. It's the Lakers. Jerry Buss. It's going to be, uh, he, he cast Wolf be Jerry Buss. And, um, the, the people like with him, the other producers and stuff were like, Will Ferrell just doesn't work. So he then asked John C. Riley to do the movie who he's also worked with, um, or do the show. It's a HBO series. And, uh, didn't tell Farrell ahead of time. And John C. Riley, I guess, let Farrell know, like, hey, I just wanted you to know that they've cast me in that role. And I think, and apparently that was what McKay believes to be the final straw in their relationship, that he's re- he really messed up how he handled it. And I like that. McKay's kind of owning it. It's not like he's not blaming Farrell. He's saying, I messed up. I should have communicated better. I, I hurt my friend, and now he doesn't respond to my emails. And um, he seems remorseful. And so I, I liked seeing that about him because I, you know, I only really knew him from his movies. I hadn't really heard much about him. Vice got a lot more. People were very upset about Vice and like yep. his kind of opinions of it. And so I'd heard a lot more negativity about him in relation to his work after that. And I don't know if Don't Look Up is going to be this. I don't know much about it, to be honest. I know it's got like a crazy cast. Um, it doesn't, is it, is it, it's not built on a true story this time? Like his last two movies uh, he's done are like, True I, kind of things. Uh, don't look up is um, no, I don't think it is. No, it's a bit too low level astronomers. Mu- astronomers yeah, must I'm go on a giant it. media tour to warn mankind of a comet that will destroy Earth. So I, I don't know. Still but feels it's like not. it could be satirical. Um, it's in, definitely in satirical sci-fi yeah. black comedy. It's called. Um, I'm, I'm so apprehensive because Jennifer Lawrence. But um, you take that back. Oh, I can't, man. She's, she's <laughs> if she's cast wrong, she's not good. I'm sorry. It's just the, the truth. She has one one vein, and if it's in the wrong movie, it's not good. But I thought this Dave was an interesting. Going all out tonight. <laughs> I, I'm I'm burning bridges. Um, I, I thought this article was simple, but it caught my attention just because you don't you don't see uh, this type of thing and it not be like crap talking. Like he's not talking crap about Farrell. He's talking no. crap about himself and like sounding remorseful and I, I like to see the human side of these people um i think so often actors directors hollywood types get kind of depicted as monsters more so than than human beings who make mistakes especially not them owning up on a mistake and i i, I appreciate that and i do i hope will ferrell can mend the relationship i don't necessarily think they have to work together again but you know um they were clearly friends also and it you know it stinks that the business got in the way of that. Maybe it's something that doesn't need to be fixed or maybe it could be, but I don't know something small, but caught my attention. No. Well, uh, Vin Diesel <laughs> recently went on Instagram to try and, uh, mend some bridges with Dwayne Johnson. So it seems to be that if you want to burn, uh, mend bridges, sorry, you, you open up about it in public, whether, uh, whether it's by interview or on your social media, but no, I agree. What McKay is saying is very, I don't like using the word mature because it sounds condescending, but it is a very mature thing to do. He does say later on that, you know, Will Ferrell wasn't always, he wasn't always great to him necessarily, but you know, he, he, he overlooked them for the beauty of their partnership. But, um, because I owned a production company, Gloria Sanchez productions together. So they worked together as, you know, they owned this, this is their baby. And, they had struggles before because McKay wanted to branch out and do lots of different projects. Will Ferrell apparently only wanted to do a few because he wanted to keep a great, a, a tighter lid on things. Uh, but yeah, then this John C. Riley casting seems to have pushed it over the edge. And if, if Will Ferrell was originally cast and then John C. Riley's actually been cut and then bought in instead and Will Ferrell's not being told, then that's a douchey thing to do, whether or not you own up to it or not. That's, you know, that's not a cool thing to do. But the fact that McKay has seen that and be like, this was on me. 
now my best friend doesn't like me anymore and I just kind of wish he came back and it, part of it's quite sad having to say that because you wouldn't you don't want that for anybody um, especially people as talented as Will Ferrell and Adam McKay so hopefully they can get back together again like you say even if they don't make anything or produce anything together ever again you know you don't want to see we've seen what the world's been like in the last year and a half life's too short or life's too fragile to be uh, you know dropping your friends or or start losing contact about things which can easily be redeemed or easily be explained or apologised for. And Will Ferrell is not going to be out of work. He's never. He's not. It's not like he's a uh, an up and coming actor or a struggling work uh, actor looking for work. You know, he's going to be just fine. But I can imagine, though, at the same time, he probably did feel like, oh, great, thanks, thanks for letting me know. And and they also cast like his you know, on screen partner as well, John C. Riley, ahead of him. So. There was that, but John, like the article says, I've just quickly read it. John C. Riley does look more like Jerry Buss and Will Ferrell. So, interesting story, and yeah, just just mainly for the state of the world. I just hope you know, patch it up, and Will Ferrell sees the light and, and just says, "Yep, okay, you own that. Let's just move on." Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Um, Thank you, sir. Well, that's what caught our attention, but let's see what we've been consuming. This is. Our next segment, media consumption, movies, TV, video games, podcasts, music, etc. Anything we use to pass the time between episodes. We like to see what each other have been uh, keeping up with so we can talk about the things we love. Matt, what have you been consuming? Uh, this week has been um, a good week, I think, uh, kind of, actually, in media consumption. In terms of podcasts, I listen to my buddy Chris Patterson, Pato, over in Australia, the Oz Movie Geek Group. Uh, covering antlers I, I like to listen to his um, soothing aussie tones and i also listen to a podcast by this is a very uh, i hope you guys aren't listening but it's a very lengthy wordy title the ghostbusters Inter- interdimensional cross rip podcast um i guess you could just call it gip g-i-c uh, and their um afterlife review of kevin lim a canadian broadcaster uh, listening to some Ghostbusters fans talking about what they thought about Ghostbusters Afterlife, and they were, uh, surprise, surprise, very up on it. Um, coming off the back of watching someone like the Red Letter Media uh, video, who absolutely trashed it, hated it, said it's the worst thing to ever come out of, literally, the worst thing Hollywood's ever done. So um, nice to get some positivity without the kind of stupid hyperbo- hyperbolic um, and over-the-top reactions you get online sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Now... So, and I have nothing against the RLM guys. I just think uh, I think they're just getting a bit old and grumpy now. Um, in terms of the films, we we oh man, this is getting to be a broken record. First, it was Ridley Scott, then Denis Villeneuve, and Dune. Now it's Spider Man. Help me! I watched Spider Man three. Why did I watch that one? Because I watched the first two a couple of weeks ago, and I had to complete it. And it was also some. I had to do some soul searching. I needed to try and come to terms with this film. I wanted to go in and be like, do you know what? Screw everyone, they're wrong. This film is a this film is a an overlooked masterpiece. And do you know what? I didn't come out and think that. <laughs> it still was. It, I I like the film. It's I, I feel for this like I do with other films, where the more I watch it, and maybe the more tolerant I get, and the more the other most of the other crap I watch, this doesn't seem quite as bad in comparison. And it's not very good still when you've got you know jive in emo Peter and. Yeah. and how's the pie so good and all this other stuff but there are good moments in spider-man 3 still not yeah. eddie brock but there are still some good moments in it but it doesn't stand up to the other two um and i then went back and watched the amazing spider-man the first garford one in the lead up to 
No Way Home. And I like the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man film. I think Garfield's really good. Him and Emma Stone are good. Uh, it's it, it busts along a lot quicker than I thought it did. And I'm, at one it point, does. I, I was like, Jesus, we're here already. I feel like I've only been watching half an hour, but I, I like how they get from A to B to C. I think Lizard. It's nice to see a different, um, yeah, a different uh, a villain rather than the standard. So I thought that was a good shout. Um, so I like it. Um, and I'm going to watch Amazing Spider-Man uh, two before No Way Home. And last week I mentioned I'd watched before Sunrise and before Sunset from the Linklater, Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy before trilogy. I went back uh, just after recording last week and rewatched Before Midnight. And John, ah, oh, come on! I mean, it's, you've mm. got you've got the kind of hopeless love of romantics in the first film. You've got the reunited but still fairly practical lovers in the second film and then you get the real life scenario of the third film it's the best trilogy of all time in terms of artistic i think for me i absolutely adore every single second and i always have done but just re-watching it again similar to spider-man 3 you detach yourself from it i haven't watched before trilogy for years i've come back and i love it even more now i appreciate it even more and i so wish we were going to get another film we don't need another film because the trilogy is perfect yeah. I wish we were getting another one with them because next year, I think, I think it's next year. That'll be nine years since midnight. I think Julie Delpy's yeah. nixed the idea. They did. She did say at the beginning of the year that they've got together, you know, she spoke with Richard Linklater and, and Ethan and they just couldn't get a story together. So it's just not happening. And I appreciate that. It's, you know, there's no point just flogging it to do it because they want to get the band back together as much as I want to see it again. If, if all we ever get is these three films in, my life is so much better, infinitely better for these absolutely joyous, wonderful, heart-wrenching pieces of art. And bro, if it, like I said last week, if you haven't seen the Before Trilogy guy, guys, it won't be for everyone because, like I mentioned, it's very artistic and it's very, <laughs> to say it's very dialogue-driven is an understatement, but it's just such a wonderful depiction of love through the years and love and mm. life. So please check it out. I think it's the best trilogy of all time from that kind of artistic standpoint. Um, love it. But that's what I've been watching this week. Uh, cause I've been doing other things in the meantime, which is unlike me to do stuff. But John, I imagine you've been fairly busy in the pop culture world again. Oh man. Um, I feel like I didn't watch enough either, to be honest. And I still, I'm looking at this list. I'm like, well, I watched a lot. Uh, at the same <laughs> time. um, so I, I, my, the podcast, I listened to blank check, uh, the new episode for ghost of Mars, uh, the second to last John Carpenter film, um, on the slate and good episode, uh, uh, had Jonah Ray, who I'm a fan of. He was part of the Nerdist podcast for a while. He was the, uh, the revival of mystery science theater 3000 host on Netflix a, a couple of years ago. Um, probably more than that now, I guess it's been a while. Um, and he's got, he's got a podcast called galaxy brains, which I've listened to a few episodes. It's a movie podcast. They do an interesting kind of take on it. The co-host of that show, whose name I do not remember, um, was also on this episode. So it was like galaxy brains guys were on blank check. So that was a cool crossover for me. Um, good episode for sure. Um, I, I caught all of season one of only murders in the building. That is the Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, Martin short Hulu original series. I don't know how you can watch it over there, Matt. Um, since you don't have Hulu, right? Yes. Thank um, you very much. I think, it, I, think I don't know. It's, it's gotta be available somewhere, but it, it is such a great show. Um, it's 10 episodes for season one. There's definitely going to be a season two unless they don't for some reason, but they, I, I think it's done pretty well. So I think it's going to happen. Um, I love the show. I thought it was terrific. Uh, Martin short. I I've not always been a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him on this show. I, and I, I, 
wouldn't say he's my favorite part of it, but I just was really like, I'm like, wow, he's doing stuff that I really enjoy. And in the past, I've had an up and down relationship with his performances. So I love that. And then Steve Martin and Selena Gomez, I just think are great. Um, love the show so much. There's some really cool cameos. I don't want to say who or how or whatever, but totally recommend. Um, I messed up. I did jump on Hawkeye, but mm-hmm. I assumed they only dropped one episode. So I watched the first episode, thought I was done. Talking to a friend, found out that there was a second episode. Um, out, and I haven't got to watch all of it yet. I started watching it this morning. Um, I didn't get to finish it, uh, but I'm really loving the show. I am a big Haley Steinfeld fan. Anyways, yeah. I like Hawkeye. I have always liked Hawkeye. I, I tend to like superheroes that don't have powers. I'm a big, as I've mentioned, Batman fan. And I also like Green Arrow, um, the equivalent, the the DC equivalent of Hawkeye. Um, and I like Jeremy Renner. I think, uh, honestly, I think Hawkeye is one of his best characters that he's done on screen. Uh, it's my most memorable. Uh, you he, mean he's yes. in the Hurt Locker, he was in Wind River. And he's which good in the Hurt Locker. No, he's good. He's good in everything. Jeremy Renner. I I have such a strange relationship with Jeremy Renner. Not like Mark Wahlberg, where I'm not very much. I'm not a big fan of him. But Jeremy Renner, he's so odd because he's always he always gets the memo. He's always really good, but he's also the one of the most. I don't know. He's just I forget about actors out there for yeah. me, and I don't mean that to be horrible because I think he's great. I think it's just because he himself doesn't want or exude that star quality. He just seems like a normal dude who happens to he be an does. actor. Which is what works so well with Hawkeye is mm. that he is supposed to kind of be a normal dude who is exceptional at certain things and you see it. And like, that's one of the things I like him and Seinfeld to me immediately have chemistry. I'm yep. immediately like, okay. yes, I buy this. I completely buy this. I'm so into this. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, again, haven't even finished the second episode cause they really don't meet up until like the end of the first episode. So, um, but just instantly, I'm like, oh, I like this. And what I've seen of the second episode, which is about, I think I'm about halfway through, but I need to finish that. Um, I'm definitely on for the series. It is set at Christmas, which I love that element mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's, it's very much so far in the background. I'm hoping it really embraces some of the Christmas stuff as it goes forward. But um, that's what I, TV I've been watching. But I've watched quite a few movies. Um, I watched uh, the new um, Verhoeven film, uh, ben- Benedetta. Oh, Yeah. Uh, I can't say much about it because it is hard to see for most people right now. Um, and many people won't want to watch it. Uh, Ooh, I do. Really, really well made. I definitely don't know if I understand everything that's being said, uh, but I'm I'm so compelled by it. It's such a compelling watch. Um, pretty wild. Uh, I caught A Hero, which is an Iranian film. Um, excellent movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Possibly in my top five for the year. Wow. Um, super good. Uh, it's one of those films too, that the more I think about it, the more I'm impressed by what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tick, tick, boom over at Netflix. Oh yeah. I uh, love that. I love that movie yeah. so much. Andrew Garfield is phenomenal in that movie. Um, and it makes me sad because he's doing press tours for tick, tick, boom. And everyone just keeps asking him if he's in Spider-Man, no way home. Uh, cause that's all they care about. And that makes me sad. Um, I can't say much about this movie because we're going to be reviewing it next week on the podcast, but Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, you have not got to see this yet, right? Uh, nope, comes out uh, in a few days' time, I think, maybe. I think Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I will. I'm going to hold all comments, but my review is up at burkreviews.com. Listener, if you do want to know what I thought about Resident Evil, or, uh, welcome to Raccoon City. Um, on Thanksgiving, over here in the States, which was this past Thursday, 
my wife and I uh, started Christmas movie watching. So we watched uh, for the bit, I don't know how many times, the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey <laughs> one. And then um, my favorite Christmas Carol, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Good man. Uh, I, I think that is the best. I think Michael Caine is an amazing Scrooge. Um, I, I actually love Gonzo as the narrator. I, I, I love that movie. The music is great. And I don't know if you've ever watched any of the behind the scenes stuff for how they made this movie. Oh, but it's I actually nuts. years ago. Yeah, it's it's insane the work that went into this movie, and I didn't know it existed until a few years ago. Um, it had like slipped out of my radar. I'd never seen it. Uh, I my wife loves Miss Piggy, so I'd gone like on a deep dive trying to find like what can I find her, and I found that this movie was a thing. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is good, and it's so good. Um, we have it's become an annual watch for us, and so we watched it on Thanksgiving. All right, Matt. Oh this no. Is, this might be a first. Um, there is a Hallmark movie on my list. No, um, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about Hallmark movies on this podcast, but uh, my wife loves the Hallmark Christmas movies. I usually do not watch them. Um, <laughs> there are uh, a few that I have watched with her, just like I'll be sitting on the couch kind of thing or whatever. But there's one that I generally don't dislike. Um, I don't even want to say I like it. Was it um, the Colonel Sanders one? It is not. It is oh, not. Okay. Uh, it's a Christmas one. That one's not a Christmas one. Um, <laughs> so, it the reason the reason I gave this one a chance all the way back in the day um, is because it stars Brandon Routh, who okay. I like. Um, I like mostly because of Scott Pilgrim, um, but he was Superman in uh, the the one most unlike Superman movie that exists. Uh, <laughs> uh, Superman Returns. Um, he's a regular on the the Flash series, and he's. Um, I forget uh, the spinoff show that they did, but he's like one of the main guys on that show for a mm-hmm. while. Um, Heroes of Tomorrow or something like that. Um, but I, I like Brandon Routh and he's in this movie a few years ago called the uh, nine lives of Christmas, where he <laughs> plays a firefighter who finds a cat and he then meets a, a woman who likes cats. And it's a thing. It's a rom-com. It works for me. I like it. It's one of, it's definitely cheesy, but this year, Matt, this year, <laughs> And uh, Nine Lives of Christmas, which was the first Hallmark Christmas movie, is from 2014. Oh, no, here we go. seven years later, we get a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've been waiting. I've been waiting seven years for this sequel, and I'm sure you have too. So it's called Nine Kittens of Christmas. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And because it was, uh, he posted it on his Instagram, and I I was like, hey, uh, to my wife, I'm like, hey, it's on there. It's premiering on Thanksgiving at eight (laughs) o'clock. So it was an accidental setting of a date. Um, it's the idea that you, you're the one who told your wife rather than the other way around, which is what right. I find the funniest. And I like, Ooh, I like, like that other one. School kid. <laughs> uh, and I've watched the nine lives of Christmas a few times. Like it's every year it's, uh, it shows up and I, I don't mind sitting through it. I think Fair it's fine. Play. I don't think it's great uh, compared to a lot of the other ones. I think it's one of the better acted ones. Um, and I like cats also. So the nine kittens of Christmas, Not the film cats, no, 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 uh, the animal. Um, but Nine Kittens of Christmas is fine. It's still bad, but I, I like them. Uh, I ah, Man, it's one that I, it works for me. It is predictable, but I like him. I find him charming. I don't know. You know, he seems genuine and sincere and nice to me, and I like that sometimes, and it it works for me. He he. No offense to him. Kathy said this, actually. He He's aged kind of rough since the first one. Um, so I don't know if the, the DC shows were too much or what, but he's looking, he's not, doesn't look bad. He still looks way better than anyone I know in person, but you see, you see the age on him in this. Um, 
but I liked it. I, I, I like enough of it. Again, I don't think it's a masterpiece or anything like that. But if you like the Hallmark Christmas movies, I think this is in the top tier of the Hallmark Christmas movies, of both of them. I think those, they're better than a lot. Um, that said, I rewatched Home Alone uh, while working. Um, I had stuff I had to get done for work, so I was like watching Home Alone because I needed something I could throw on in the background. It's a classic. I always love it. Um, I have completed the John Carpenter cinematic filmography, so oh, I haven't watched his go. TV movies. Um, but I caught The Ward, which oh, is his last movie. I haven't seen this one, and I've been meaning to watch it, but I have never got around to it. I, it's not bad. It's not great. Um, it definitely okay. feels like... But I, I, it's it's a fine horror movie. Uh, like, fine is strong. Um, there's there's some interesting stuff in it. it. The twist... Like, you can tell there's gonna be a twist. I won't say what the twist is. Um, it's like, well, there's definitely a twist here, right? Um, but I thought it was fine. Some of the, the creature design looks a little wonky, but that was probably a budget thing. Um, definitely not a terrible movie. I don't think it's a great movie, nor is it a must-see. I, I had some credit on Google Play, so I rented it for four bucks or whatever. That's not bad. Um, I'm assuming Amber Heard is is great. Yeah, you know. <laughs> she's fine, I guess. <laughs> but but that's not... We don't need to spend more time, but I had to watch it because I wanted to complete the John Carpenter filmography. Uh, again, I have not seen his TV movies, and I have still to watch Body Bags, which was when he did like the Showtime... Tales from the Crypt type thing. Um, I need to watch that. And otherwise, I've seen his filmography um, now. And nice. I'm happy with that. Good um, man. And last thing I watched uh, is a rewatch for me this year, in fact. Um, I watched Werewolves Within. Oh, I need to watch uh, that still. Uh, because we're covering it for Movie Club. Uh, Corey picked it Ooh. for our Through the Cracks month. Because this is the month of December. We do movies that we uh, from 2021 that we almost missed. And we don't want yep. them to slip through the cracks. Um and I, I, man, the second rewatch, or, or I'm sorry, first rewatch, second watch, um, I liked it even more. And I liked it a lot the first time. So it, I, I think it's really funny. Um, when it gets going, it really just moves after that. And I, I like all the performances. It's wild. Uh, definitely a horror comedy and just one that's worth uh, checking out. I, I have been, you know me, I love my horror. I also love comedy. So, Staz Jerison, I do like horror comedy. So I've been looking forward to watching this film because I think it was, um, was it one of the festivals we covered? Maybe Tribeca, I think. I think it was there. I think, but I think it got pulled from uh, the yes. schedule like most it, other it things It wasn't did. allowed for digital streaming That's for us. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then they just did that with a lot of other big films. Nice one, Tribeca. But um, yeah, I wanted to watch it. I never, obviously we couldn't, or I, we couldn't for that. And then... Um, I never got around to it, but it is out now, I think, on digital in the United Kingdom. So I would very much like to watch it. So before the end of the year, it will it will rank somewhere in my 2021 list. It was on sale here for like Black Friday digital. That's we we actually bought it from that. Um, One ninety nine on YouTube at the minute. So that's more than doable. One pound ninety nine, which is what I recommend. I'd love to hear your take on it because I think you'll enjoy it for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds very much like my cup of tea. Ah, tea. Um, Which is what I have oh. here. Well, with that, folks, that is our consumption. But to do this podcast week after week after week, Matt and I have to make mental preparations and make sure that we are keeping our awesomest levels at the bloodiest high they could be. I don't know if that's a thing. But now. this is how we're saying bloody awesome. Matt, what have you been doing, sir? Well, my friend, far from being a cop-out, my one is I'm still gymming. Why am I saying that? Gymming being I'm going to the gym. Why am I saying that? Why I'm staying bloody awesome for the second week in a row? 
because every other time I've said I'm going to the gym, the next week I've said oh, I haven't been for a week. I went then, but I didn't go. I'm be- I have been almost every single day this morning, my friend. I was at the gym for me, which is very early, half past seven in the morning. That's unlike me. <laughs> I can't, I'm not a morning person, but no, I'm there trying to get his buffers book. Uh, but also because I had um, things I had to do today, and I thought, well, I can do it in the evening before the BAMP, but then I don't want to. I don't want to rush either and then come back and be tired for the BAMP. So I thought I'd do it in the morning. Why not? You're going to be up anyway. Um, and I'm going to go every day this week, pretty much up until the weekend. So still gymming, feeling like a million dollars. I may not quite look like it, but uh, as you will attest, John, as a man of the, a man of the exercise, it's the satisfying feeling of coming home. You've sweated yourself, stupid. You have mm-hmm. a shower, you check, you get, you chill out or whatever it is you get on with your day, but you feel like if you achieve something, I feel like I look better in terms of like my skin, like my face looks better. Like the, I don't know, maybe I just sweat it out through my pores and cleanse them. I don't know, but I feel, look healthier and I certainly feel healthier from cutting out all the absolute awful food I used to eat. Um, trying to push my, do- my donut fetish on John, cutting them all out now. <laughs> no, no sugar, no cakes, no chocolate, no crisps or, uh, oh, or chips. Sorry for you guys. Nothing whatsoever. Absolutely. You know, literally just dried fruit, um, meal replacement shakes and a meal in the evening. Plus like a banana and an apple during, or an orange during a day, literally just going ham. But, um, yeah. so yeah, I'm staying bloody awesome by actually keeping up with something which I've been meaning to do for best part of about five years. So, um, remember be like Burke and I'm trying to do that. So <laughs> I'm keeping fit. What about you, my friend? Um, I need to do a little more of that. I have, a, I have a, my goal weight. I've still yet to reach. I have not made a big push over the last two years because I blame COVID for last year. This yep. year has just been chaos, but I am hoping to like really push back, uh, and hit that goal weight in the next couple of months. Um, but, uh, still going to the gym though. I haven't stopped that. Um, oh, but sure. I, I, the weight loss, I, I've been weight consistent rather than weight losing, which is what I want to do. But Dude, uh, what I did here in the States, it was Thanksgiving, which leads to black Friday. Yep. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of shopping, some for other people, a little bit too much for myself. I think, unfortunately I bought uh, several movies, um, because, it's hard not to on black Friday sales. Cause they're just like, Hey, these are all on sale for five bucks. And I'm like, well, I, I guess so. Um, so I've snagged a couple of movies, including I just got in the mail yesterday, F nine on a digital HD, uh, 4k Blu-ray. Uh, I got for 10 bucks, which I couldn't resist. Cause I have the other eight movies and I need to, I got to have all of them. Um, I don't own Hobbs and Shaw. I feel like that's not canon. So I'm just going to let that be the thing I tell myself. Um, but, you know, I got my wife a couple of uh, cool presents. Um, you know, she uh, got this is shh, listeners don't she hasn't got it yet, but I got her a Chromebook for Christmas. Nice. Um, so she's been wanting a laptop for a little bit and she doesn't really like she just needs it for like basic Internet browsing and the Chromebook is exactly what she's looking for. Um, got a couple of pop vinyls for her, things like that. Um, it's worse. We're nerdy collectors. We, we buy stuff we don't need. Um, I hear that. And uh you know, um, just kind of like browsing deals and looking for, for stuff. I got a couple new shirts that again, I shouldn't be buying for myself, but, but you know, you deserve it. Take that back. When you see deals, it's hard to turn them down. Um, I didn't go, uh, we, we did go, um, uh, the day after black Friday is small business day. We're supposed to go like, you know, support local businesses. So on Saturday we did go, uh, around to our uh, downtown uh, Winter Haven areas adjacent city to us. And we were hitting up some small shops and uh, we found uh, a VCR. 
Nice. At, at a thrift shop that um, we've been looking to get a VCR because my wife found uh, two VHS tapes from her family when she was a kid. And she's been nice. really wanting to watch them. And um, uh, we found the VCR finally, right? Like it, we found one for 15 bucks and it's like a good, like RCA, like a name brand, like it had all the remotes and the instructions and everything. Like it was like whoever gave it to the thrift store had kept up with their VCR. It looks pristine. Um, we get it home. It works. Uh, so she's super hyped, puts on this tape from it's Christmas, 1991, 30 years ago, Jeez. 30 years ago. Right. Insane. Um, and my wife is older than me. I don't know if I, we, we don't, she doesn't look older than me. I, I look much older than my wife, but she's six years older than me. And so I love when like we see like, she's like 1991. She's like, I'm in high school. I'm like, Oh, I was only in middle school. <laughs> like I love <laughs> you. Um, cause she's always like, shut up. Uh, um, we obviously, we didn't know each other then. So it's not you like, both we look great. but, um, so it's only like 10 minutes of Christmas, right? Like the people opening presents, there's some family we recognize some, I don't recognize cause I haven't seen them in years or whatever. Yeah. Um, my daughter's watching it with us and this whole time, Matt, I've been making a joke. What if there's adult content on this VHS? Oh, like that's no, a no, real no. concern. And so <laughs> the, the Christmas stuff ends and it becomes abundantly clear that this tape has, was used as v, VHS mixtapes, I would call them, right? Like you would record whatever you wanted to watch later on a VHS and you would just kind of reuse that same VHS to do that. So yeah. there is a movie that comes on um, and I'm like, I don't recognize any of the actors in this. I feel like this is probably like a Skinamax movie if you're not familiar with the phrase skinamax listeners cinemax was a it still exists uh, it's a less popular but paid movie service like hbo or stars or showtime it was the number two for a long time it was hbo cinemax but after a certain time <laughs> cinemax turned into quote-unquote skinamax that was not an official brand change mind you but they would show softcore porn naughty films yes movies that have very very bad plots but focus in on the sex scenes like they're about and again not gratuitous, usually just full front or uh, top frontal of the female. That was not, the, the, not for kids, the bulk you'd say. So yeah, man, that's what's on this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Merry and, Christmas. Uh, so my wife is like fast forwarding, freaking out. My daughter is <laughs> dying laughing because I jokingly had said it out loud. I'm like, oh my god, it is this. <laughs> like, what is <laughs> what is going on? on? The wall in the Burke household at the moment that happened. So our shopping trip uh, that finally found a VCR that my wife is wanting ends up with that happening and uh, us laughing. The other tape was a freaking NASCAR race. It's a three hour video cassette of like an old NASCAR race from like 94. Um, you remember yeah, you just so, tape the sport. I remember that. So, yeah, well. but yeah, you know, it's, we, we have a functional VCR now. So now I'm like, great. Now I'm going to have to like keep my eye open for VHSs at thrift stores. Cause sometimes they have some really cool ones that may, it might be out of print. Like that's the thing. Some movies wrong. don't exist outside of VHS. So I have a VCR now, so I'm going to have to be keeping an eye out for uh, these gems that I can't get on Blu-ray or DVD or digital. Um, but I might find a VHS for it. So no, that was I'm, our shopping I'm, experience. I'm, no, fantastic. Well, I've been keeping uh, well by staying fit and John has been staying bloody awesome by watching softcore porn with his family. No, so, did not uh, watch fast forward. <laughs> um, but uh, it was abundantly story. clear that's what it was. Um, <laughs> anywho, that's our episode. We'll be back next week to talk about Resident Evil, colon, Welcome to Raccoon City. 
Um, I will tell you, listeners, it's not that welcoming. Um, yeah, I'm booked in for Friday lunchtime. Uh, on social media, if you would like to follow us, you can find us on Instagram at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod and Twitter uh, at Bamp underscore podcast B A M P underscore podcast. We're on the book of face. Uh, if you Oof. search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Um, individually you can follow me at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms and Matt uh, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search for what I watch tonight across all the socials including Letterboxd and lastly before uh, we leave we ask that you if you like what we're doing here at least that you take a moment and give us that five star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen it helps other people find the show and with that we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay Bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody, 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 blood, blood, bloody, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody, blood, 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 bloody.